Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Robots Radio presents... You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. We will be your lore master and lore mistress for for this for this journey that for this lore journey. Lorny? Is that a thing? A lorny? A I lorny? don't I don't a, a lore venture? That sounds like a place. It sounds like Forney. And Forney is a place. Forney is a place. Not a place that I would recommend anyone going no. to. I'd rather go to Lorny. It sounds like it's happier and full of lore. That maybe that's what they should call. Uh, maybe they should call libraries lorebraries. Lorebraries. <laughs> and, let, and then just generate more interest because everyone loves lore. Everyone loves some good lore. That's true. That's true. I do love some lore. That's why I'm here. That's why we're all here. And this week we're going to discuss some changeling lore, which is pretty awesome. So changelings. For those that are un- uh, unfamiliar with that particular race, uh, it is it started off as a race that was introduced in the Eberron campaign, mm-hmm. and um, addition in addition to changelings, there's a, a similar race known as shifters or lycanthropes, and we'll be discussing lycan the, the shifters in the Patron Plus installment to this episode. But mm-hmm. we've got changelings on the brain right now. And mm-hmm. I didn't think there's going to be that much lore attached to them. Surprisingly yeah. enough, there is. There's quite a bit. Well, they they would have root in actual changelings, like the um, Eastern or the European lore of changelings, people that would steal babies sure. and take yeah. on any shape. So it, it's definitely where it started at there is the folklore aspect Absolutely. of it. So this is from the uh from the fifth edition book eberron rising from the last war long ago there was a woman named jess and she had 100 children her rivals conspired against her and swore to kill her children jess begged the sovereign for help but their only answer was the wind and rain in the depths of her despair a lonely traveler took her hand i will protect your children if they follow my path, let them wander the world. They may be shunned and feared, but they will never be destroyed. Jess agreed, and the traveler gave her his cloak. When she draped it over her children, their old faces melted away, and they could be whoever they wanted to be. And so it remains. Though the children are shunned by all, the gift of the traveler protects them still. Love it. Awesome. Like, right? Like, that sends, like, chills down your spine. Like, that's what we're here for. That was the first thing I read when I went to research. I pulled it up. This was the the Eberron stuff on D&D Beyond. It's the first thing that came up because I searched there first when I'm researching. Just a little fun fact. (laughs) For for those of you who want to know how the sauce is made. How this goes, (laughs) it's, uh, 
it's real boring. <laughs> There's usually I, snacks involved. So oh, I mean, like, that part's good. And and I've said this before. I'm saying it now. And I will probably say it again in the future. <laughs> this is literally what I would be doing anyway, which is, is like researching <laughs> D&D stuff. And, yeah. you know, and just, just knowing it and learning it and like, mm-hmm. you know, being able to, you know, bore people at parties about it. Talk to people and they're like, uh-huh. like wow. but as soon as I, like, as soon as I went to the page, this was the first thing that I read. And I was like, well, that's the opening. That that's- is 100% the first thing that's going to get said about Changeling. Yeah, which is this absolutely is so great. good. So like this wow. legendary account of the origin of the Changeling race. Uh, like I said, they are a character race that were introduced in the Eberron campaign setting, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they can easily easily be inserted into any other setting, whether it be official or homebrew. I mean, oh, there's nothing sure. about the Changeling race that is Eberron specific. Yeah. Uh, unlike the similar doppelganger who have full shape-changing ability, Changelings have a limited ability to alter their forms which still makes them, you know, particularly suited to, you know, spying, to being a spy, to, mm-hmm. to being a thief, to any kind of like criminal activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, they, they, they have, they have, they're closely tied to doppelgangers. They're like they, um, you know, w- when people think of changelings, they often think of doppelgangers either by mistake or just because of the close ties that they have. Right. Because originally, the closest that changelings came to an official origin was that they actually evolved from union of humans and doppelgangers and um so they're like you know the human doppelganger offspring right and that was thanks to the machinations of the deity known as the traveler and they're now a distinct race so this deity known as the traveler is like hey humans hey doppelgangers y'all do Mm -hmm. the bedroom bam bam and make a new race (laughs) i like that it's the traveler that is the absolute perfect deity for that he's a trickster god exactly yeah it's awesome good stuff and then but this changed in fifth edition Mm -hmm. Uh, so now changelings actually originated first and doppelgangers are you know actually the you know come from them rather than the other way around flip the script and that's a result of the of um, a lord of madness, a Dalkir, known as Diren the Corrupter, and his wild experiments on changelings. So, uh, Dalkirs have ties to mind flayers, beholders, okay. um, other you know foul aberrations like mm-hmm. the other. You know, like I mean, if you're hanging out with mind flayers and beholders, you're probably not good people. Probably not the best guy. So, Diren the Corrupter enhanced the latent psychic abilities of the changelings to develop doppelgangers while also implanting a desire to cause chaos in the communities around them even when there's no benefit to them so like utter like actual true chaos not just you know i'm going to cause chaos to benefit myself it's just chaos just for chaos, chaos. sake it's great i feel like that's somehow better though like i could all right you just causing problems to be chaotic cool okay at least you're not selfish too i don't i mean i don't i feel like it's worse because it's like if if you're trying to like you know shake stuff up and make things like kind of haywire so you could then like take over or you could profit Mm. somehow like that makes sense to me but if you're just like okay like my brain's just that's like the whole thing with the joker right he's like some men just want to watch the world burn Burn. this is true i just picture like groups of changeling hoodlums 
with a bunch of shenanigans in a city. Like it would just be fun to me to like figure out up who's as, like, doing. Greasers. Yeah, a little greaser, their combs, <laughs> slick their hair back, and almost went 1920s uh, transatlantic voice. But that is not the right voice. It should have been Brooklyn. That's Never it. mind. Come on. <laughs> no, it's like wow. <laughs> see, we're gonna cause problems for you. <laughs> yeah, it's got like... a little trouble down on Fifth Street. Man. That's, like, yeah, that's uh like Al Capone, like you know, it's like a prohibition bootlegger. It's real bad. It's real bad, is what it is. So now changelings are the forebears of doppelgangers rather than the other way around. So, but this begs the question then: where? So we know where doppelgangers came from now, but where did right. changelings come from? So, it is said the Lord of the ancient kingdom of Orkaloon driven by deep paranoia and an all-consuming thirst for power, began oh, studying power. the darkest paths of magic and bargained with fiends and other foul creatures. They warped their bodies through mystical rituals and packs, creating the first skulks, the first teethlings, and, of oh. course, the first changeling bloodlines. And finally, as a quick, you know, little, like, you know, cherry on top, in the critical role realm of Exandria, mm-hmm. Changeling's origins actually stem from the Feywild, which I think is exceptionally interesting and I feel probably should be more, more canon. I don't know. How to say like, yeah, yeah. So that would tie more, more into, yeah, more into real life lore aspects of like the other version of Changelings. So I like, I like that a lot. And in fact, like I would be fine with um, if uh, if a player in a campaign or an adventure I'm running is playing a changeling and they want to say like, well, I want my changeling to have come from the Feywild, I'd be totally fine. Fine by me. Uh, what's 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 some other stuff about changelings that you can tell us, Mary? Um. Well, so they completely change their appearance, like top to bottom, can change it. Um, to any member of the of any humanoid type race. So they can shift from like their gender, their, all of their facial features, every bit of it and carry multiple different, um, different masks, different personas, essentially. Um, They shift with a mere thought, like it's just that quick for them. Um, Some of them use this as a uh, artistic, emotional expression. So it's kind of indicative of moods and things like that as well which i think is pretty they're very fluid in everything that they do mm-hmm. and again this across gender lines race lines all of those things to where they can be any type of thing except it does have to have the same number of limbs so you can't just grow extra arms or some of the other uh, some of the newer races then i would assume they would not be able to Right, right lacking that ability some of the more insectoid type folks so because of this um it's an invaluable tool for spies for grifters for people that wish to deceive assassins as you mentioned earlier thieves and things of that nature the ne'er-do-wells of society the ne'er-do-wells they're so so sneaky do not trust them um this leads a lot of people to distrust changelings because you know they could be anywhere at any time and you would never know. <laughs> um, this is also why a lot of the changelings keep their true nature hidden. Makes um, sense. Right. So mentioned masks, personas, things, you know, those things. Um, so a casual shape that they create at the spur of the moment. It has no depth. It has no history. Um, just 
it meets a specific situation and it can be a thing that they use one time, never use it again. So mask is just literally just the mask. You put it on, take it off. No big deal. Right. Um, these can often be used to express moods or serve specific purposes. I'm going to go rob this bank here and do a heist here real quick. So I'm just going to wear this mask. And then that guy, he's never going to exist again. Right. Like, so they'll never catch would, me. Yeah. It would, it would serve no purpose for, for that exactly. person to, to show up again. Exactly. Now their personas, on the other hand, are developed identities. These are an identity that has depth built over time, crafted with a history and beliefs. Um, these are uh, they can be used like they have ties within their community and have like relationships with people and things like that. So it's an entire an entire existence encapsulated into this persona. Um, this focused identity will help them pinpoint particular skills or emotions. And uh, changeling adventurer, for example, might have different ones for different situations. Like I'm going to put on this face for negotiating. I this one is more for investigation. This one is for combat-based type things. Um, so, although they can be anybody, um, most any race's appearance, uh, they rely on a few established guises. Um, each, you know, they again, they have their network that they talk to and those things. These can provide a backup identity for them. Um, if something compromises the one that they're using, they get caught in that heist, they can switch over to being somebody else, you know. Right, and already have sort of like um, a, a support A safety network, net. Yeah, mm -hmm. Already in mm -hmm. place, like, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so, these changelings that travel um, from town to town to town um, often swap genders, appearances, and voices to blend in with each new community that they uh, they are immersing themselves in. So they kind of shift to meet whatever the needs of where they are are. <laughs> Makes sense, especially if they're trying to hide their true like their true right. nature, like who they are. Makes sense not to like rock, you know, cause you don't want to uh, you don't want to rock the boat. Rock the boat, create waves, that sort mm -hmm, of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you mentioned their dis their appearances and stuff. What do they look like though? I mean, yeah, like what is, I mean, I mean, they can look like me, they can look like you, but right. what does a changing look like actually? They are very startlingly vague. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that description. <laughs> Surprisingly, not a lot happening. <laughs> so they're very, very slender, bordering on frail. Um, generally have very, very pale skin, white, light gray tones. Their hair is thin and fair, sometimes hints of blue, green, or even pink. Although pale sil silver is the most common hair color with, you know, followed by platinums and blonde. I am having a problem with my microphone. You had it figured out. Hello. Okay. Okay, there you are. Let me fix. No, this thing is <clears throat> messing up hardcore on this end. It was cutting out the audio on my end too. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Better? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Where the hell was I? Okay, there I was. <laughs> uh, yeah, followed by Platinum and Blonde. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so their arms and legs, their limbs are slightly long and a little bit out of proportion compared to most other humanoids. Their faces have more distinct features than the doppelgangers would. Um, Oversized eyes, often sunken in with dark rings, um, between which lies a subtle nose, while the rest of their facial features don't quite look as finished as those of a human. So like it was mentioned in the description at the very beginning that we opened with, kind of their features melted away. Like they are very shapeless and just a hint of, like a sculptor didn't quite get finished. They just stopped partway through. Okay, I got it. It makes sense. Yeah. So while they each one does have their own gender, um, they can use their shape-changing ability to change gender from male to female, vice versa, to intersex, to altogether with like androgynous genderless completely. Um, most traditional physical qualities they have is they fall within the boundaries of a medium size, uh, usually standing between five to six foot tall, um, reach maturity at about 15 years old, and live like under a century kind of like humans do okay so yeah so more or less they're 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 human-like in that regard yeah they're they're human-like in that way as well um it is rare to see one in their true form uh a typical changeling changes their shape the way others might change their clothing so it the way i thought of it when i was like doing the research and looking at you know uh, depictions of changelings mm-hmm. is that they almost look like clay they almost look like uh like a clay person that mm-hmm. you know like you said doesn't have like distinct features but just you know has features has them defined enough that you can be like oh yeah i guess that's where the nose is that's those are the eyes and the mouth okay yeah i can definitely see that but but not anything so defined that it's um that it isn't easily removable obviously and that's, right. that's exactly what they do like you know uh you know, day in, day out, if and maybe even multiple times a day. Yeah, change to fit their mood or right. their situation. So what so are they like, though? What are they like, though? We know, okay, so we know kind of where they came from. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we know kind of what they look like. But what are they like? What are, what are their hopes and dreams? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, do they Do they have hopes and dreams? Is that what we're doing? We, I, would, like, I would guess so. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Spitball in here? Yeah. Um, in general, they're very prudent, very cautious uh, race of folks. They prefer to take risks only when they feel that it's going to be beneficial to them to where they have a higher chance of success and it's going to be a good payoff. Um, they do appreciate the finer things in life and take pleasure in the comforts of a wealthy lifestyle and, you know, when they can, when they can reach that. Um, Which, I mean, goal. it's got to be somewhat, it's got to be a much easier for a changeling to kind of, yeah, get into that sort of lifestyle, right? Yeah, because they can be so many people. I mean, they can, like you Burn said, they can, as they need to, they can immediately conjure up, you know, mm-hmm. this, the visage of a man that doesn't exist and then go rob a bank. And then that person doesn't exist. So like, there's no reason why anyone would ever find mm-hmm. you know they could do the um oh, I'm, I'm i'm uh blanking on on her name you know the 
the the Playboy playmate that married the the old billionaire, the old like oil billionaire. Oh gosh, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's gonna. But yeah, something like that, you know, like you know, just, like I'm going to marry this rich guy and just you know wait him out until he dies and then take all of his money then, <laughs> and then you know up, and then abscond and be someone else completely and like no one will ever see that that woman again. They'll never exist again. I was thinking it'd be really easy to rob a bank. You tie the person who's in charge of the stuff up, lock them in the safe, and leave as them terrified of whatever's in there. Oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a good one, too. <laughs> How can you, I be a criminal? <laughs> you have a lot of good ideas for robbing banks. Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so... They do what I just said. They try to avoid direct confrontation. They prefer to be stealthy as possible and hasty retreats as often as they can. They want to get in there, get it done, get out of there, and not rock the boat. Makes sense. Right? Um, in confrontation, a confrontation, conversation excuse me, that's the right word in conversation, um, often soft-spoken, have a gift for drawing more information out of um, out of the other part than the other party intends to reveal. So they kind of have a way of making you feel comfortable being able to take your secrets from you. Sounds terrible. Terrifying. I love it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's one of those things. It's where, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense with, their predilection toward you know um, non-violent mm-hmm. methods of getting what they want you know like why not you know just have someone tell you something that they could later be blackmailed over like <laughs> that seems easy enough to me also true this is true so they tend to they exist of all alignments as per usual with most of our folks here um but most gravitate towards neutrality. They focus on personal concerns rather than issues of law or morality. And many have their own unique independent codes of honor. Um, Usually kind of harmless passive people. They're not really interested in social affairs or political affairs or anything like that. They just want to, they just want to like, I just want to do me and get by in life. Like that kind of a vibe. Um, due to this, though, the surreptitious uh, ways of life, however, many, as previously mentioned, many people, they don't trust them, um, which has led to a lot of them becoming social recluses or commonly has pushed them to take a fake identity on so that they can escape that kind of persecution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, seems people are intent on seeing the worst in changelings. They assume that they only use the shape-shifting or you know, uh, changing ability for malicious ends. Um, and while some of them do, um, such individuals don't really exist in any greater number than any of the other races that are out there. It's just uh, makes it a little easier for them to, I guess, if they wanted to be. I was going to say, like, if you, if you meet someone who's like, oh, I can change my face to look like anybody or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And they're like, oh, I bet you do that to rob banks. That says more about that person than it does about the oh, change hey. lady. Oh, that's, we're doing personal attacks, are we? Well, I mean, it just, I mean, it seems like, 
like they're trying to like they're projecting on like what mm-hmm. they would do if they had that ability. So like yeah, I I I love the fact that it's like you know they, you know like yeah they're some of those changelings do exist, but hey guess what like there are like humans who can't do that who also like you know commit crimes mm-hmm. and dwarves mm-hmm. and elves and like you know but it's just you know they're just a group of people just like everyone else like some of them you know are good and some of them are bad right and like i said it's one of those like you know chicken or the egg scenarios did yeah people distrust changelings because they could shape change or were changelings forced to you know deceptively shape change because people didn't trust them Ooh, could be on account of the deity that they follow as well a trickster god they must be tricksters they must be you know devious and sneaky that that's a very good point as well i mean like it's it's one of those things where it's like everything uh, everything you sort of instead of looking at the at the person you rather look at like everything around them and and make a uh and make a generalized opinion right based on that. well yeah if you're a logical person but come on if you're and i'm nothing if i'm nothing if not logical <laughs> nothing if not kind of somewhat logical maybe sometimes we're gonna take a quick break go to the middle of the show and when we come back we will talk about the culture of changelings their society as mm-hmm. well as the three main group, like psychological groups that they fall into. Mm-hmm. But for now, let's go to the middle of the show. Hello and welcome to the middle of the show. The middle of the show is where we like to kick back and thank our patrons, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. discuss any recent D&D news or uh, reveals or announcements, as well as uh, take a stroll on through the DMs Guild to see what kind of fun homebrew shenanigans we can get into. First and foremost, we want to thank our patrons. Um, All of our patrons are are especially near and dear to our hearts, but in particular this week, we want to spotlight our international patrons, our patrons that are outside of the U.S., uh, Jaco H. and Peter M. Thank you for representing the D&D lore cast in Europe. We appreciate it. And, and we, we hope that uh, you can spread the, the lore love uh, across the Atlantic. Wow. And if you Absolutely. are interested in spreading lore love, it, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not a disease. It, it can be contagious. But the best uh, kind of contagious. Uh, you can join uh, our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash D&D lore cast. We have tiers um, from five to seventy-five dollars. You get uh, stickers, you get T-shirts, you get um, coffee mugs. In fact, uh, our patron uh, Bjorn Ironside should have gotten his uh, patron mug just yesterday. In fact, Ooh. I got a notification that it was delivered. Um, but yeah, uh, bonus episodes, patron plus installments, mm-hmm. all sorts of cool stuff is available to the patrons we want to make uh we want to make it worth your while if you if you're you know dropping Absolutely. your hard-earned gp on us we definitely want to thank you mm-hmm. in a way that uh we think is you know like i said it's um that we, you would appreciate and so like i said if you're able to do so uh we we would we would love we would love to have you as part 
of yep. the Patreon family as as part of the fine folk of the Patreon. Um, but if not, if you um, if you're unable to to sign up uh, there, like Mary, what's some other ways they can they can support us? They can jump into the Robots Radio Discord and find the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast channel. Like we are both in there all the time. Like I never don't have my phone on me. I'm one of same. those humans. Same. Um, and I work from home four days out of the week. <laughs> and so I always have like the Discord yep. open on one monitor. Yep. And as soon as someone's like, hey, I was thinking about starting a campaign that does this, this, and this. Any like ideas? I'm like, yes, I have a million ideas. I'm I so have glad so many ideas. Why, thank you for asking. You've activated my trap card. Um, <laughs> but you can also find us on Twitter at D&D Lorecast. And well, I'm under my own at Mary underscore Sybil. So either one of us you can find there. For sure, for sure. Sure. And then, of course, leaving us five-star reviews on Spotify oh, or on Apple Podcasts and just you know, mm-hmm. telling, you know, word of mouth, word like of telling mouth. someone that you think might enjoy the show, you know, going to your uh, local, your local friendly gaming store and, you know, talking to the clerk or to another patron there and saying like, hey, like I listen to this awesome lore cast, these two mm-hmm. absolute dorks. Talk way too much about D anD. d They are utterly obsessed with it, and uh, I think you might like it. That's some heavy nerd shit. You should get in on it. <laughs> I mean, like that's it. Yeah, I I swear. Like, give me any sort of in, any just give me any <laughs> sort of wiggle room, and I will start talking about D anD. d Give him the hint that he's allowed to, and he busts through the wall like the Kool Aid Man. Like Heard we we're boss... talking about D anD. d not even talking to like my boss has stopped asking me uh if i have anything fun planned for the weekend because she <laughs> like here it comes like what's going on in your campaign like what you know what happened in water deep last week i love it i love it i get i just get oh well that's nice oh okay pat pat on the head there all right <laughs> So yeah, again, thank you to the patrons and uh, patreon.com slash dndlorecast if you are interested. Mm -hmm. As far as uh, news goes, not a whole lot going on. But I did want to um, I did want to point out uh, that there is a lot as D&D Beyond, you know, D&D Beyond was acquired by Wizards of the Coast earlier Mm -hmm. this year. And as a result, we are now getting the long-awaited physical digital bundles that you know, just, you know, make my make my heart sing. But as uh, they start to integrate that platform into the game, mm-hmm. and in fact, uh, they used to have the Dragon Plus digital magazine, which okay. was um, sort of um, the digital and spiritual successor to you know the actual physical dragon magazine from back in the day um you know they did away with that because it seems like they're just going to use D beyond as that sort of you know that that's going to be the avenue for their digital content as far as right. um, you know possibly um you know doing like maybe like one-shot adventures or just you know in general and i've noticed that there has been a recent uptick in content on D beyond for example uh this was um at the end of august 
Rogue 201, the best magic items for rogues. And then Ooh. you've got uh, mm-hmm. what is Dragonlance, a world on the brink of destruction, which sort of is a primer for the upcoming uh, campaign setting an adventure. Uh, how to run a low magic campaign in D&D. They have so D&D Beyond is an amazing resource, like completely amazing. Like I thought it, you know, and perhaps it was at a certain point. I thought it was, you know, just for character sheets and just mm-hmm. for digital source books. But now they're actually putting a lot more, um, like a lot more articles and and uh, stuff that you yeah. can use, like uh, Wither and Bloom. Uh, there's an article. It's a you know, it's a spell spotlight. So it's you know, it, it's it. I think it's cool. I think it's you know, uh, an an easy way to um, to highlight certain aspects of the game that mm-hmm. you know might be overlooked or like in the sense in the case of the how to run a low magic campaign in D anD D, you know giving people ideas on, you know, uh, not, not just your typical, like, you know, sword and sorcery, which right. is known for, but, you know, maybe something a little bit more realistic. Right. Which some people do prefer the more. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff. There was uh, one of the things that it mentions is um, uh, gritty realism. Mm-hmm. It's an optional rest of variant and in, that's included in the DMG. Okay. That, uh, under gritty realism, gritty realism, eight hours is a short rest and seven days is a long rest. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's m- true. Very real. I mean, seven days might be kind of too short. I mean, I, I, I do some, I, I exert myself physically in any way and it's, I feel like I need at least a, a fortnight to recover yeah. at my age, but pretty much, <laughs> but you know, I'm no longer an adventurer. My adventuring days are behind me. I, I am now like the old wizard, like stuck in his, you know, in his keep, in his and with with his books, locked away in the tall tower. So yeah, but so yeah, check out D and D Beyond. Like I said, like I was once of the opinion, like it's just character sheets, and mm-hmm. if you happen to have mm-hmm. one of the digital books, you could use I, it there too. I one of the other aspects I love of uh, Beyond is that the they are working towards having a virtual tabletop through them as well but it does actually tie into beyond 20 is an extension that will tie it to roll 20 as well so stuff you have on one you can utilize through the other so it's all very interconnected and that was why i ended up going with that because i've never played a game in real life i've only ever played online we should we should do we should set that up somehow we could probably figure it out like a one shot at least you know like something right. from journeys through the radiant city oh you know something that'll take you know yet. two to four hours yeah it sounds like a plan so i'm down how about the dm's guild you were excited because you're like i found something i found something i, I did i am i am never the one to find the dm's guild stuff because well, i lose track of my entire life when i go I to that say, site like, time you, stops existing you've mentioned your sort of love-hate relationship with the dm's <laughs> guild yeah. i do i love and hate it but what i found was more grave miscellany and i think that's how that word's pronounced so we um, are going to be discussing the shifter race next on our little uh, Patreon plus the, episode. Yeah, the Patreon plus installment so if, for this episode. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you happen to need to know more about what I'm about to tell you, that's just sign right up and come on over. Um, so 
there are various types of shifters. I'll just drop it that way. There's different sub races, right? So this has additional sub races that are added to it. Um, it's a supplement to the Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron that comes to you by way of its co-authors, Keith Baker and Rudy Rutenberg, which is an amazing name. Um, I love it. Who breathe more life and lore into the eponymous campaign setting now released, you know, for fifth edition D&D. Um, it's a 164 page book gives you all the info you need to delve deeper into Eberron, um, you know, stories for your characters, uh, some deep dives uh, to expand on Corvair from, you know, from the Demon Waste to the coast of Lazar, the Lazar Principalities and has all kinds of different things and some noir story hooks in there as well. Um, so, like I said, it adds new subclasses subclasses sure that's subclasses and races combined racial features new forms of dragon marks and more um but yeah this one i thought was pretty great if you are running anything in eberron want to add to your shifters outside of the four existing sub races this is a great way to do it it's very it's very beautifully done um would love to go pick this one up when i get a chance it is on my wish list and like i said like a lot of this stuff um like you know changelings or shifters you know isn't exclusive to eberron i mean as far as like you could easily um just transplant just drop them on any old place like with minimal if any uh Mm -hmm. tweaks at all so yeah anything to you know allow more um personalization like allow the your your play allow your player to make a character that they really enjoy playing that they really love Mm -hmm. Um, so then you could so so then as dm you could later on kill them and and hurt them all the more oh you could torture them more it'll be great and Uh, so yeah it's a it's 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 a great offering it's a great um and 164 pages i mean that's that's meaty i love that yeah for 14.95 that's a hell of a deal well i guess that about wraps it up for the middle of the show let's go mm-hmm. ahead and uh finish talking about changelings back to it Hello, welcome to the end of the show. Uh, we are going to discuss the culture, the society, and the psychology of changelings now that we have mm-hmm. discussed, um, like sort of where they came from, what they look like, and what they are like. Now, you know, how are they as a whole? Well, they have no homeland. They live among humans and other humanoids, uh, blending in and living in their shadow. You know, wherever they live, changelings reside also. Mm-hmm. The question is, though, is whether or not their presence is known. Like we said mm-hmm. earlier, you know, most of them tend to hide their true nature mm-hmm. for one reason or another. And so having no culture of their own, changelings, uh, they slip into other societies and blend in. And rather than create their own art and achievements, changelings are happy with claiming others as their own which would make sense because uh you know the arts the customs the practices all that that changelings uphold Mm -hmm. they're just tools that they can use to reinforce their identities right 
So, you know, um, you know, as a, an example in real life, you know, somebody who lives in uh, or changelings in New York, you know, they're like, they don't care about the Yankees, but they, you know, they pretend to care about the Yankees because it makes that their identity as like, you know, someone from the Bronx that much more believable. Right. Right. And so go ahead. I said, oh, that makes, I mean, yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. Right. So like, you know, it's, you know, why they don't, you know, their whole, you know, most of their life is set in, you know, trying to like, you know, get in where they fit in. And so right. why bother trying to create any sort of art or music or anything like that when you could, uh, when you could, you know, co-op somebody else's. Right. It's a reflection that, of the society they're blending into. Yeah, exactly. And that only helps to uh, further their own purpose, like I said, of getting in where they fit in. Right. Um, they often, and again, they are usually the backbone of the criminal underworld in larger cities. You know, those, those, um, those changes that do, uh, you know, go to the life of crime, the criminal underworld is, there's usually a lot of changelings in there simply because, you know, they, they are uniquely built for that sort of work. Right. It's kind of perfect for them. You know, but while others work, as entertainers i mean can you imagine like an actor that you didn't have to like you know who didn't have to you know sit in the makeup chair for two hours you just save so much money on productions right or like you know you know or like you have a you have a play or a a movie or something that you know two characters are never on you know together at the same time you could just have one actor one change they play them both Mm -hmm. uh they can also they're also um widely known as investigators or government agents. Oh. And so one of those criminal organizations that I was talking about is known as the Tyrants, which I think is a fantastic name for it really a criminal is. group. They deal in secrets and lies, in selling forgeries, in running long cons, and treating identities as a commodity. They gather as many secrets as possible oh, and then sell that information to the highest bidder or, or using it for blackmail or they just, you know, squirrel it away for a time when it may become useful, hmm. which, you know, makes a lot of sense if you, you know, are sort of devious like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have spies throughout the city. Mm-hmm. Even in place, and this is the part that gets me, even in places where they have no current plans or contracts, that sort of like goes back to what I just said about getting information and storing it, in, uh, you know, for a time when it becomes useful. Just kind of constantly watching and implanting themselves in a situation so that if something did come up, they'd already be ready. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the beggar on the street or, you know, asking for a copper. Or mm-hmm. the bartender serving you a drink, or even the courtier who's sort of like giving you the eye from across that bar, right. could actually be a persona crafted by a tyrant changeling. I think this kind of explains why nobody trusts them. I mean, like I say, it's I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you know they just assume that all the changelings are like that when, right. when in fact a lot of changelings just want to live their life as peaceably as possible. Yeah. 
And so those who do pursue careers as adventurers um, are those that, you know, those changelings that aren't inclined toward crime or hmm. stealth. And so those sort of more traditional changeling careers are close to them. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, many changelings revere a chaotic, neutral shapeshifter deity known as the Traveler. Like you and you said, you're you, you're talking about the Traveler a little bit and how kind of they're they're very unique and they're very they're 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 neat. I like them. I like them a lot. Yeah. Uh, they're one of the outcast Dark Six, which is mm-hmm. a group of deities banished from the Sovereign Host pa- uh, Pantheon because of their evil ways. Uh, the Traveler is unique among them because he's actually not evil. He's neutral. And this chaotic and neutral deity seems to have no other connections or no connections to the other deities of the Pantheon. So you have this sort of deity who stands alone, hmm. which makes sense why the changelings and also like the whole shape-shifting thing. Uh, right. you know, he's, a, he's a consummate shapeshifter. The traveler is said to to walk the land in a thousand disguises and as a master of cunning and deception, it emphasizes subtlety and careful planning. So it makes sense that the changeling race would gravitate toward this deity. And I love this aspect. It says in some places, the traveler is known as the giver of gifts, but Proverbs warn, beware the gifts of the traveler. Give you something you might not want. It's, I mean, it might it's, not be, oh, it's the literal DM is what it is. It sounds like a like many of the magic items of the week that we've given our listeners <laughs> is like oh yeah here's this cool thing that if you use it too much will actually kill you. Mwahahaha! It steals your soul. Uh, and then the, there are rumors that there is an entire changeling settlement hidden somewhere, known simply as Lost, and that the buildings of this place are said to be a are are the buildings themselves are able to shift shape transforming into cliffs or trees to deceive the eyes of strangers while its denizens are said to have mastered a number of powerful rituals and some of the greatest unsolved thefts in history are thought to be their doing. So again, just more of that sort of like lore and folklore and, and, and um, fable yeah, and sort of like yeah, yeah. campfire ghost stories about changelings. The I that sort of do love a good fairy story that kind of poison the well uh, against them, you know, for other yeah. people. Completely. So you mentioned they fall into three psychological groups earlier, right? What are these? Well, they are the passers, the becomers, and the reality seekers, oh. and okay. they're all fairly distinct. And, you know, upon meeting a a changeling, you could easily determine, you know, which one of those groups they fall into. Okay. Um, Passers more than likely, like you'll, you'll never know because they, that's exactly what they try. They, they pass, they want to, they're the most human-like in their attitudes and they want to be a part of their community and repress their shape-shifting ability. So if you never find out that a passer, that you know, that this person is a changeling, more than likely it's because they're a passer. Right. So they're doing a good job of passing for whatever they're trying to pass for them. 
Exactly. They use okay. their abilities to fit in with their community and identify closely with the races, uh, which whatever race they portray okay. and rarely travel as they live in constant fear of being discovered. You know, it's one of those things they, they try to mitigate um, uncertainty because uncertainty means could, you know, could be dangerous. Yeah. And so they sort of stay rooted and try to fall into a routine where they can easily, um, they easily, they know what, what to expect. Okay. Passers always choose one gender, whether it's not, whether or not it is the gender that uh, they were assigned at birth or, right. uh, but they always choose the one and they feel very odd or uncomfortable at the thought of not being that gender as well as following the sexual norms of their portrayed races or society. And this is all because of a desire to blend in and more so to blend in. Uh, they don't anticipate having children, which is at first that didn't make any sense, but then again, like they want to mitigate uncertainty as much as possible. Right. And there's that nothing more uncertain. <laughs> you know, you and I both know as parents, there's nothing more uncertain Oh, gosh. Having a kid. Can confirm. So, you know, a changeling child endangers, you know, their parent or parents cover right. more or less, you know. Mm -hmm. And so two changelings will always have a changeling child. While a changeling and another humanoid race, well, it's a coin flip. It's 50-50, whether it'll be changeling or whatever the other parent is. And this is the part that sort of goes uh, ties into like real life changing changeling lore mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know those those changeling children that are born to passers are sometimes abandoned given up for adoption or in rare instances killed oh. and another possibility is that a mother may go to another community there and try is. to swap her child for another there Which it is, is. Yeah. The big sort of like, you know, story for changelings <laughs> mm -hmm. is um, and that they even uh, discuss how like, you know, kids will be teased, you know, like, oh, like you're actually a changeling, like, you know, da, 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 da. or like, you know, parents will, you know, scold them like, you know, if you don't behave, like I'll let the changelings take you mm -hmm. in the rare instance, a passer keeps a changeling child the infant is taught from birth to repress its shape shifting or shape changing ability and to adopt the race portrayed by the parent and which um, might not be as hard as you might think, because like you mentioned earlier, they, they literally like a thought crosses their mind and they change. Yeah. And so for babies, you know, they're nothing, they, they learn by example. Mm -hmm. And so they see their parent who looks like one thing, and so they, you know, they have no sort of like, um, like self-awareness. So they just right. think that, and then they'll start to look at like that. Exactly. It makes me wonder if the parents could then program to an extent the child's looks. So as a changeling, you can shift and look like a combination of yourself and your partner and then wear that face to get the baby to mirror. So it makes me wonder if you would have them training this is what you're going to look like. And then it changes as they grow older, obviously, but. Yeah. Makes sense. If it's makes programmable. Sense. And so like pastors, like I said, they, they are the, they want to rock the boat. The absolute least they just, right. they want to fit in. And as a result, other changelings call them actors 
or pretenders and view them with contempt. Like they look down on them, which uh, it makes sense that the next group would because the becomers, because these changelings believe that their mutability or their tendency to change is the central aspect of changelings and express this belief by adopting many different identities. So a a becomer knows that he has multiple identities inside him or them and brims with the potential to become a a young male elf or an old female half-orc or a middle-aged male gnome and many, many other personas. Like they, like I love the way they describe this. They describe, you know, humanoid life as if eating from a grand banquet table. You know, they want to explore and stretch all these multiple identities and taking a sample from the grand variety. So they just adopt one role after another. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like they're at the, the Golden Corral and mm-hmm. just sort of getting a little bit of everything. Let's take a little bit of everything. Uh, some of these assumed identities become favorites to be returned to many times. Other personas are discarded after a few short trials. Mm-hmm. And as such, becomers have a very fluid relationship with gender and usually feel comfortable uh, you know, switching between them, between you know, between whatever, um, whatever gender most suits the role, you know, the situation at the moment. You know, they okay. have no qualms. You know, unlike the pastors who can't really view themselves as not the gender that they pick, mm-hmm. uh, becomers are like, hey, like you know, whatever works best here is you know, yeah. is what I want to be. Like there was, uh, I I don't I didn't include it in the notes, but in the research. They told the story of one uh, becomer changeling in particular who, um, like, was married. Like, had one persona where they were married to like a dwarf, a dwarven male for a hundred years, and while they were like married, they were also like one of, uh, like, one of the most celebrated uh, in a brothel and like water deep or something like that. Like, oh my! It was like, <laughs> like it was like it was like gnarly. The like you know, different Multi-lives. persona, they had. yeah, yeah. So that's and, for the uh, care. That's for it's the race for the people that don't know what they want to play. They don't know which race to pick. There so you that's go. What they do just be a changeling. You can be a little bit of everything, but you got to keep your stats. You don't get to shift those out. Which is also true. Yeah, you, you don't. If you decide to um, shift into an elf, you don't get you know those elven stats that yeah. um, that the uh, bonuses for yeah, bonuses and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in regards to children. A child born to a becomer is welcome, loved, and accepted by its parents, whether or not it's a changeling. But s- still, though, even though it is welcome and loved and accepted, non-changeling offspring are still treated by changeling parents as if they have some sort of impairment or limitation. Interesting. And because to them, um, they they... they you know, they're unable to live, you know, experience life as, you know, like their parents do and, you know, in in all of its, you know, grand variety. Right. And so as a result, these children are encouraged to overcome this perceived disability by pursuing endeavors that enable them to change forms, such as, you know, becoming a druid, you know, and and using wild shape. Mm Mm-hmm. So Mary, tell us about reality seekers. Reality seekers. Um, these are the ones that believe in the existence of an ultimate truth. 
they seek to discover what is real. Um, these are the changelings that are comfortable being their natural form and tend towards lawful alignments. And they generally avoid tricking people, lying to people, and any other kinds of deception. Um, many of these seek out their own kind and, in fact, often start an entire changeling community where they can just exist and be themselves. Um, many seekers adopt other forms, but first and foremost, a changeling which is its own with its own true form. They can use these other ones, but they are themselves at the root of it. Um, the concept of ideal form and ultimate truth occupies a treasured place in the reality seeker's identity. Each one adopts a personal code of conduct that defines these concepts, and then they strongly adhere to it. Uh, reality seekers prefer other reality seekers as their romantic companions or mates because for them the most important aspect of a relationship with another changeling is truth honesty and trust these sound so pleasant it sounds like um like a match.com profile it really does <laughs> i'm not trying to it's the Goodness. I'm just looking for a relationship where I can be truthful, just, honest, and trust, you know, I just want to be myself. <laughs> um, their worldview includes concept of sharing themselves with multiple partners and even having group marriage. Um, so they live that poly lifestyle sometimes. Um, these changelings desire their children to be changelings as well, um, able to so that they're able to understand the mysteries of having changeling form and perhaps achieving finding their ultimate truth um, youngsters are encouraged to explore their shape-shifting abilities and also their you know more relaxed featureless forms and they're often raised in those open communities of reality seekers with um, all the adults taking an active role in raising the children. It takes a village. It takes a village. Of changelings. Of changelings to raise children. To raise changeling children. To raise changeling children. Um, they're taught to value their natural forms, but also practice adopting other guises so that they can, you know, hone that shape-shifting, um, shape-changing aspect of their heritage. So in being true to yourself, you also have to accept that part too. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Like, so it, it seems like you have the pastors who are like, you know, don't, uh, you know, if they, it seems like if they had their druthers, they would not be a changeling. Right. And the becomers like, okay, we can do this. Let's have some fun with it. Let's just do all of it. Let's like get nuts with it. Mm -hmm. And the reality seekers are like, Hey, we can do this, but why? There's there's two sides to all of us, and we got to be in touch with both of those sides, and maybe a fourth and fifth and sixth side because we could totally do that, and that's okay. So I mean, I like there's like you know there's you know, and I like that you know there could be some fluctuate like you know there could be like um, perhaps uh, a change thing grows up in a, in a passer home, mm -hmm. and then you know feel, feels constricted by it, and then goes out and and transitions into a becomer and, you know, mm -hmm. goes out and, you know, has those multiple identities and, you know, sort of like, you know, picks from life's garden and then 
uh and in, in their older age becomes a reality seeker i like you know mm-hmm. there, there could be a there could be a, an arc there change oh, it's a beautiful character arc i love it yeah we've uh so th- that's changelings and we will discuss the other uh shape changing race from eberron the yes. shifter in the patron plus installment to this episode which will be out here shortly for um our uh, scholar patrons and up on patreon.com slash dnd lorecast uh but before we head out for the evening uh mary what what kind of magic item do you have for us i have a slightly annoying one (laughs) i wouldn't have it any other way it's been one of those weeks so i have for you a glitzberg glitter bomb it's exactly what it sounds like okay (laughs) so bomb can be used thrown at a person and they are in fact covered in the most horrible of craft supplies that never goes away the glitter glitter. so what this is going to do is it's going to cause disadvantage to stealth (laughs) obviously and it's going to leave a little bit of a trail so you can be followed but i'll be nice and say that after you know as the days progress it becomes a little less and less easy to follow this trail if you're stalking someone or following them but otherwise it's just everywhere i like that i like the uh it's like a uh a magic um like homing device mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a magic all slash like you said yeah like very annoying like homing <laughs> device, like non-electronic homing device it's just the most basic annoying and fabulous way to track somebody no, i um I uh, am a big pro wrestling fan. And one of the last shows I went to, I had a sign that I was like, oh, I'm going to use glitter for it because, you know, it's going to pop. When I have it pop, it's going to look great. And my gosh, like, I will never, ever mess with glitter again. I unironically love it. I don't care that it's messy. It's I the worst. do not care. It gets everywhere. I have the finest of glitter spilled in my keyboard and it still ends up on my lap. And it's been like a year and a half. Put the keyboard in my lap to type sparkles. I'm okay with it. Oh, that's <laughs> well, you know, it's been a good run and I've, I've enjoyed <laughs> having you on the show. <laughs> right, right. All right. I've been canceled like three <laughs> times already. You still keep saying so about that. About that. Um, come back and come back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely come back. Uh, both you, Mary, and myself and the listener. Yes. We appreciate you allowing us um, into your life for this amount of time that it took to listen to the show. Like mm-hmm. you said, um, all of the things we discussed are will be in the show notes, whether it be the Patreon yes. or mm-hmm. um, the DMs Guild Corner of the Week pick mm-hmm. or um, our social media links. All that stuff's in the show notes. Uh, give us a ring. Give us a holler. Let us know if you um, have an idea for uh, a topic of lore. You know, we're, there's there's a lot to pick from. And so, it's true. Uh, you know, yeah. the, the one you want to hear about might not come, might, might not show up for a while because there, there's quite a bit to, to, mm-hmm. to, to sort through. So yeah, give us a ring, D&D, uh, lorecast at gmail.com, Twitter at yep. D&D, lorecast. Uh, the robots radio network discord and mm-hmm, uh yeah just mm-hmm, give mm-hmm. us a ring let us know uh how you like the show and um 
or even if you want to, you know, you want to talk some smack because of my love of all things sparkly and glittery. I would not be opposed to that. That that email will get forwarded straight to Mary. Be like, hey, we got another one. I'm fine with it. I will take all of the heat. If you can't take the heat, stay out of the dragon. <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> for listening. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. Fare thee well, dear listener. And until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. The culture and society. It's being a rich old widow. <laughs>